Welcome to episode 237 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I am Mustache Kurt, joined this week by my co-hosts, Not Mustache Peter and Not Mustache Jake. You should call me Good Internet Peter, because this week we're coming at you with the Ethernet Intention episode of the cast. Literally, I, I, I fixed my Ethernet cords, and they're back there, and... You could measure with a force gauge. If I go down here, I did mm-hmm. twang. That's the twang of my Ethernet cord because it but sounds like But as we explained to-, to Peter, this is why his Internet's stable because there's no kinks or bends. So the Internet yeah. can flow freely <laughs> between the two points because everyone knows that's how Internet works. Yeah, we finally played the Saturn Suds video game long enough to unlock Peter as a character. And smash. And, oh, you uh, should have had me as a fucking silhouette for the whole time. His his fucking uh, yeah. His unlock conditions are unreasonable. We need to complain to the devs. Like we're adults, we don't have time. <laughs> the DLC. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a pay to win program. You have to buy longer coax cables. Yeah, yeah. Life is just like DLC. My it's rated my, off your credit score. My this house is slowly becoming like my house at my old home where I grew up. I have told you the stories about the coax cables running from our wooden antenna down to our TV. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so it's like a chicken spider wire web. and copper tubing. <laughs> just like a spider we're, web of coax cables. We're getting there. We're Racing getting there. The house. <laughs> you, you can't have too many, except when you have too many and you have to throw some out, like I did. Uh. <laughs> and of course, as always. We are doing our part and following Federation laws and coming at you live, as always, from Planet P. P. Yeah, it's it's a shithole. (laughs) These shithole planets. Nothing but desert. It's desert and bugs and holes in the ground and Neil Patrick Harris. Psychic Neil Patrick Harris. Psychic Neil Patrick Harris, who knows when a bug is afraid. <laughs> it's wait, afraid. What? But dark type. Wait, how does dark type match up against bug or psychic type match up against bug type? Uh, uh bug is super bug. effective against bug. Well, or, there we go. Bug is super effective against psychic. Oh, well, then never mind. Because it's based on the the original weaknesses for psychic type were based on things that people might be afraid of. So ghost and mm. bug. Although there was a programming glitch in generation one and ghost was not super effective against psychic. No. And the only three ghost type in the game were also part poison, which is weak against psychic. For some reason. I never understood that one. Poison is afraid of psychic, yeah. I guess because Ghastly was a gas. But then their only move was lick, right? Their only ghost type move was lick. I believe yeah. I believe the only ghost type move in Generation One was lick. So was was Nightshade just normal? Nightshade is a uh, cap forty damage. Well, yeah, but like, doesn't it have a typing? Okay. Well, yeah, but the damage is set. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it doesn't scale. There's no super. It doesn't matter. So you're technically correct, Jake. Yeah. Congrats. And why Shadow Ball wasn't in? Like that's like Mewtwo's like signature move is Shadow Ball, but that's not in the game. But the movie with Mewtwo, where his signature move was Shadow Ball, did not come out until two years after the uh, 
red and green came out so mm-hmm. that's probably why they hadn't thought of it yet yeah we're talking about starship troopers this <laughs> week guys <laughs> sorry sorry about our pokemon <laughs> our deep cut into your, your pokemon, pokemon history lesson here <laughs> yeah starship i'm from kanto and i say kill them all <laughs> Oh my god, the propaganda bits were so funny. Yeah, and then so, intermingled with the AT&T commercials from Oh Amazon yeah, the Prime. real actual commercials. <laughs> yeah, the real ads were like the first ad break I was like what? Oh, okay. It's for Lay's potato chips. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, uh so we watched this movie with with ads on Amazon Prime and that was I, it was the perfect seasoning on top of this movie to get actual advertisements in between our fake Paul Verhoeven advertisements. And like at the, movie. at the best fucking times, too. Those ad breaks were so strategically placed. <laughs> here's a here's a emotionally climactic scene. Cot- Cottonelle down there wipes for down there care. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we watched Archer Troop starship troopers uh because given the uh current political climate in the united states it felt appropriate to uh yeah it was veterans day and i was like something army themed and i was like you know starship troopers is cynical enough where i could go for it cynical enough and it it puts a real heavy emphasis on joining the military and doing your part because it's a it's a satire of fascism Although, judging by some of the major review uh, outlets, reviews of this movie, a lot of critics just did not get that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. They were like bugs. Uh, they ate the killed. onion, as it were. Although, to be fair, they kind of got away from some of the uh, social commentary towards the end. It did become a fairly generic sci-fi action Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie i noticed that i was like this is just just action for the for the popcorn munchers pizza yeah, maybe lunchers like, maybe like it needed probably one more like cutaway propaganda bit that would show more like the fascist stuff but like they alluded to a lot of it and they showed a little bit more of it where the the capital punishment was a part of it and then i think the biggest part was like the shower scene where mm-hmm. just like they all describe their reasonings for joining and then uh, explaining what citizenship actually guarantees you. Yeah. I want to have babies, and it's easier to get a license when you're a citizen. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, okay, all right, we're doing licenses now? I mean, I agree, but still, freedoms? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a terrible idea. No, but, it's like... not. I mean, <laughs> okay. No, this I is know the better. It's the whole thing about freedom, but it was the better. No, I'll say this: it was the better shower scene of the two military people showering scenes I've seen. Because the other one was Ender's Game. Well, I, I like that one better because the kid just kid fucking it. dies. That's so fucking <laughs> gross. What? He fucking he gets curb exploded. Like he he his head bops on the curb and he like severs his spine. His like oh Jesus brainstem. Oh, it's a brutal ass scene. Like there's just this. There's death. There's kids killing each other. That spoilers for Ender's Game. Well, not spoilers for Ender's Game. I don't know. Just read the fucking book, and then and then disown Orson Scott Card online. Just just ream his ass because he made the first book, 
And that was a good book about sci-fi stuff and things that made a terrible movie. And then he wrote three more, which is just the Book of Mormon in space. Um, read it and prove me wrong. Speaking of space Mormons. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was some space Mormons. <laughs> there were some that... space Mormons in this movie. They did not uh... set up their little base. And then, uh... wait, oh, God, when did, wait a Find second, when did bugs. Ender's Game come out? When did, it, when did that book release? Ender's <laughs> Game. The writer of that book was like, Oh, space Mormons. That's a good idea. 1985. Uh, Star. I think we'll talk about the Starship, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers was 97. Right. Um, Best yeah. CGI. Ender's, so, because the enemies in Ender's Game were also bug people who lived in asteroids. Mm. Amazing that. Well, Inspiration. The, the arachnids although, did although not live in asteroids. The Starship Troopers book came out in like the 50s. Right. Yeah. So hmm. who's 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 inspired by who? You be the judge, except I'm sure it's verifiable. <laughs> I like how even in this um miss this far off like uh futurescape, there's still um there's still Harvard is still like the p- pinnacle of education. Mm-hmm. Well, it only it would funny. only become more prestigious as time goes on. Yes, because it it gets older. Um, but yeah, we will talk about this more in depth. Believe it or not, at the end of the review, we have our lovely dailies to go through, starting with Trey Watch, the show where we talk about trailers, and we'll start it off with another army movie, Army of One, One Army, Armio. Singulario. Where... Is that, that, that sounds like a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> it does. <laughs> the botched Latin. What, what would it be? Like, one single soldier? Kurt, you know the Spanish. Um, Armio is not a Spanish word. <laughs> sure okay. it is. El Army? Is that it? No, uh, <laughs> singular is how you would... It, it's it's spelt the mm-hmm. same. It's just different uh, pronunciation. Um, I don't know what the word for army in Spanish is. I know Off war is is guerra. It's, it's guerra. Yeah. Guerra. Can we just talk about the 2016 Army of One? It's better. Oh yeah, we will Ejercito. talk about anything except this trailer, huh? Ejercito singular. Okay. Um. That is that translation is literally more interesting than this movie. Girl boyfriend dies to local, uh, what I have to assume is just local wrestling uh, support talent, enhancement talent, <laughs> gets punched up by a big muscle man in shirt. She says, "You kill my boyfriend. My name is Inigo Montoya. Prepare to die." Walks around woods with sniper rifle. Has ghillie suit for some reason. Flashbacks to army training. Kills people. Eat movie. Hot chip. Who who's Credits. the actress? Who's this a vehicle for? Uh the lady from Matrix Four. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Is that not uh, Carrie Ann Moss anymore? <laughs> uh, da, ba, 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 twenty twenty. Let me see. Uh, da, 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 da. I I looked at her name, but I don't remember. Um, where's the cast? Ellen Hallman. I've never heard of her. Yes. Um, she was in such movies as 
Surf School. The Scorpion oh. King 4, Quest a, for Power. A real A-lister here. <laughs> and Max Jaeger Black Ops. Oh. Well, that sounds like Hot Dog Day 2016 for me. <laughs> <laughs> Black Jaeger. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, she was also in... Oh, uh, she's there's a lot of TV credits for her. NCIS... Uh, Malcolm in the Middle. So supporting Sp- actress number seven eight five. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Character. I but guess. the twenty sixteen Army of One much better. Where Nick Cage <laughs> goes crazy. I think they just follow him around for a day. And uh, yeah, I'm find pretty sure this was he... just him at, in in a bender. They, yeah. They just... convinced him to call himself Gary. Yep. His name go... is Gary now. Uh, he also has a mission from Russell Brand, who is God. To go and kill Osama bin Laden. Which I guess was, I guess there was a true story of some guy who who probably tried. Maybe got over there story. and said, I don't know what's happening. He and got stopped at TSA, let's be honest. That's about as far as it went. Based on a true story <laughs> is like such a, a flimsy thing. Like if you, there was a town that was called this. Based on a true story. <laughs> Based on a true story, I heard it at a bar. It's yeah, they, I can't they thought they knew a guy. Yeah, I can't remember what movie it was we were watching, or maybe I was watching and looking it up, and it was based on a true story. So I was like, "Was it now?" And I looked it up, and it like there was a some page, maybe it was a trivia on IMDb that like laid out what was the true story of it, and it was like so barely anything related. To oh yeah. The movie. They use like names and that's it, and like just yeah. overarching idea of the plot. But we get to see Nick Cage do Fruit Ninja, and like yeah. do Borat esque stuff in Pakistan. Love it. What more? This was directed by the same guy who directed Borat, so it's that that classic physical, like out on the street kind of comedy. Except it's probably not actually filmed with any like on the street yeah stuff. it didn't look like a man on the street sort of deal um, but it had that energy yeah had that, that same sort of energy uh just like sabin films has the same sort of energy as we have uh, i think sabin films has developed script bot 9000 because we have a trailer here for a movie called breach with bruce willis and uh, this, if ever there were a ScriptBot 9000 movie, it's it's Breach here. It's, uh, I've seen this movie before. I, like I've seen this movie before. It's it's like a aggregate. mix of like, yeah, it's, it's a mix of like movie. Alien and um, shit. Um, this is literally this is basically just the Alien movie that has Ron Perlman in it. I think that's Alien Four, maybe five. <laughs> Well, I was gonna say actually, this is a combination of two different Alien movies, um, because Alien um, Resurrection, I think it is. Uh, is it Resurrection? There was one where they're like all on a ship with like a bunch of other lives, and they're all like kind of in stasis. Oh, fuck. Maybe that's Alien Three. Maybe it's not an Alien movie. Maybe it's like um. Fuck, I'm having a brain fart. The ghost of Bruce Willis just passed through Kurt right now. <laughs> Got a shiver yeah. from that shit. Yeah, this is Bruce Willis at classic I need a paycheck Bruce Willis. 
Yeah. This is actually uh, Saban Films has kind of become the patron saint of Bruce Willis recently because they had the movie where he was a cop with the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, that came out fairly recently, and now this. So they've they've got him under. They got they signed him to like a twelve movie deal, and they're getting the most out of that deal. We're gonna do it. <laughs> this made me want to go to the comment section because it's just so generic and see what people are saying. Uh, so not one good comment is the thing, Alien Covenant, Among Us the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, this is Among Us. The, that's why they made it. Now they're trying to capitalize on capitalize on that Among Us money. Nice. <laughs> so basically, the uh, thing, but in space. So Among Us. <laughs> the original title was called Bruce Willis stars in a movie. <laughs> I wonder if Bruce owes someone a lot of money. Yeah. He, he's fundraising for his boy Trump. He's got some blackmail on him. Somebody's got a video of him jacking off and, and a not Jacking off on place. a nun. <laughs> Somebody's got a really incriminating video of him. And Your he was forced to do this. Willie. So now what we need is we needed Bruce Willis and Nick Cage to start together <laughs> in a directed DVD movie. What would that even be? Uh, the Expungibles. <laughs> The, the fungibles? <laughs> the expungibles. <laughs> oh. Why is there a guy wearing shades in space? That's all I got from this well, trailer. Well, because you're so close to the stars, Jake, obviously. Oh. Oh. <laughs> bullets in spaceship? They've got some explaining to do. Yeah, that's when I saw them shooting bullets on their spaceship. I'm like, whoa, I think I know why it's called breach. You're going to give yourself a whole breach if you're not careful with that shit. Light them up, boys. Every gun comes with a roll of duct tape. Just slap it on and you're good to go. That's why there's no duct tape on Mars. We put it all on this ship. <laughs> <laughs> Heading for Earth 2. Not to be confused Earth? with the DC Earth 2. Yeah. Or New um, Earth. I don't remember which it was called. It doesn't matter. It's a it's a, it's that, a generic oh, movie. <laughs> what was that movie? Two Earths, where there's like another Earth that just like popped up in orbit, and you could like go from one Earth to the other, and they were exact copies, so you could see like your alternate version of your own life. What I don't fuck? remember that. <laughs> that was a dream, Peter. You just you just explained that one was of your movie. dreams. I saw a trailer. No, of that it. was one of your dreams. I think what you you're maybe experiencing a small stroke. Oh. Um, Do you smell toast? We should probably get you to the <laughs> hospital within the week. I did have breakfast earlier. <laughs> That's good. That's the well, most was, important meal of the day. Was toast part of the breakfast? In- English muffins. I had. I had right. eggs Benedict. That's and toast-like materials. And that is that is a uh, a carbohydrate that has been toasted. I'm just going to drink this nondescript tea now. Thank you. Yeah, where's your oversized sweater? You're holding the cup that's with two hands, one. so that's <laughs> that's a good start. What are you from a Hallmark movie? What are you about to go back home to your small town, being a a big city guy, and meet the girl of your dreams, who's a librarian? Huh? What am I? A, a successful guy who's gonna teach a young kid out of juvie how to not be racist anymore through the power of BMX? Oh, oh wait, that's the last ride. That's our next trailer. It's actually just called the ride. Um, oh, the last. Well, I was, I was confusing it with ride, last three know. days, which is the other trailer in my list. Um, um, yeah, so Ludacris 
is he's a successful black guy, and the the kid is a kid in juvie. Oh, and Ludacris is also playing a successful black guy in the movie. <laughs> That's important to note. He's there's, he's an actor. There's a distinction movie. that. <laughs> um, and the kid has the tiny. He has the tiniest little swastika on his neck. They tiniest took a little, little swastika. They took a little stamp that you get at, like the Scholastic Book Fair, and they put a little a little henna tattoo on him. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember those Nazi stamps that they would have at the Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah. yeah. The the uh, <laughs> the Bookschwagen. Notorious, the Bookschwagen. notoriously <laughs> racist Scholastic <laughs> Book Fair. <laughs> um. They they totally miss out on some Nazi puns to name this movie. The third ride, I think, would be really good. So I'm on the IMDb page right now, and this released on Prime Video yesterday. Okay. Uh, so it's on the short list for next week. Um, the original title was called the Just Ride. It has been since renamed The Ride, and it was made in 2018. Oh, I see. Why but was it released the release date is November 13th, 2020 in the USA. It is described as an action movie on IMDb. What? It's an hour and 38 minutes. Is there a shootout minutes. that I don't see? It's an hour and 38 minutes long. Um, and it's got a 5.6 out of uh, 10. Let's just read the fe- featured review. Okay. It is a one-star review. This is the featured review. And... A whole 18 people uh, rated this review. Two found it helpful. Here we go. Who cast this garbage by Mission Sparta? Submitted November 6th of this year. This is what I got from the trailer. Ellipses. A 48-year-old man and a 45-year-old woman adopt a 37-year-old man just out of high school. (laughs) Sounds amazing! (laughs) Exclamation mark. All capitals. LMAO! LMAO, LMAO, bop, bop, bop. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. It's it's probably a heartwarming based on a true story tale. Whatever. He he learns BMX. He ironically calls, he uh, makes like a jab at Ludacris early on. It's like, the only rich black people are, are athletes and rappers. And and he's like, like, I'm a specialist in my field. I'm like, field. I guess that's a way to put it. <laughs> You're a specialist Meanwhile, in telling bitches to move out of the way. <laughs> I think I know just, just why ironic. the I think I know why the original title was Ride. Oh, because there is another movie called The Ride from 1997. Yeah, that I also saw that when I googled it. I had to put 2020 after it to get the right movie. A has-been cowboy is given a second chance at at the hands of an unexpected teacher. I think there's a little there's a couple similarities here. Is it a remake? They remade it. Except I, that one was about bull riding. Oh, okay. <laughs> not BMS. <laughs> I mean, what, they what really, is a bicycle so but a mechanical bull? <laughs> yeah, right. We're not so different, you and I. You gotta grab it by the horns either way. Um. So yeah, that's yeah, so that's all that's, I have to say about that movie. Next, Max Cloud <laughs> video game movie. Girl gets trapped in video game Jumanji. It's like a YouTuber's made it. Go watch, like, take a look at the trailer just for like a couple seconds and l- look at the acting and tell me that what this movie called? was not, like, previously was about to feature on YouTube Red. What is it called? Max Cloud? Yes. Not Max it's, Steel. It's bad. 
the girl's like, I wish I could just play video games all day and never have to deal with my problems. Video game. Video games. Oh, Captain Max Cloud rolled credits. Oh, God. This Oh, fuck, dude. This looks awful. Yeah, this yeah. definitely... This is a YouTube Red Sky High ripoff. <laughs> Dude, I hate this. <laughs> Who cut this trailer? You play those damn did. games. <laughs> I'm the dad. Why aren't you doing schoolwork, huh? I'm 70s dad. <laughs> you see? Scott Wood paneling. Guess. Mustache. Your mind is gonna rot. This is what happens when a writer gets locked up in quarantine. Is the first comment of this trailer. I've been working on, I've I've been working on my screenplay all during quarantine, and I think it's finally ready to show to the world. I present to you, Max Clude. Max Clude. God, this is awful, dude. I hate this. I I can't watch anymore. Is that was that a Nerf axe? I think that was a Nerf. That I don't know. That a hundred percent is like the Nerf foam like the zombie axe, axe that is holding up. There's an yeah. axe that Nerf it's makes. Amazing. Yeah. Why does axe makes a Nerf make an axe? Nerf well, I mean, made a line of melee over. weapons. Yeah, they have a bunch of melee weapons. For, that but don't buffer kids hurt. make their own weapons? Like, isn't that the mm-hmm. point of it? Yes. So who are yeah, those marketed like, towards? Uh, just other kids who just want to whack each other with foam <laughs> swords, but don't want to make them themselves. I mean, the Nerf, nerfers, like when it ca- when Nerf, I will defend this just quickly. It's not a strong defense, but we'll defend it. When Nerf came out, the first Nerf product was a foam ball. So Nerf is less about the blasty blast originally, and the core of the, well, yeah, the product Nerf is the Nerf footballs foam. were 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 their main. Oh, yeah. go-getter for mm-hmm. most of my childhood nerf guns didn't come along until like i was well maybe they came along before i was born but they weren't really yeah. a big thing until i was in elementary right. school and then so. they're like you want to coat your ds in nerf here's a big so, foam swords are a natural case. progression I, I like yeah. that the zombie line of their stuff only because it gave us a first the first actual like Hammer action shooter, like it's a. It was like a five shooter. Yeah, the pistol. Yeah, they had like yeah, an actual like one. hammer on it. Like, Remember the even, Nerf like, sniper could... rifle that had no more range than any other Nerf gun. <laughs> yeah, they, but they didn't try to hide it. They just tried to upsell their twenty foot range, like it was actually impressive. It's yeah, the long it's shot. Like, it'd be like, and now long they shot. have um, shoots up to twenty oh, feet, fuck, and it the... shot like. Halfway across the room, and it was yeah. so Let me unimpressive. See. Nerf unimpressive. Ultra, because I don't know why. They've been in my recommended And then recently. they had the one that had the, the fucking drum mag that would jam a quarter of the way through the magazine every fucking yeah. time. Yeah, you couldn't mm-hmm. actually shoot that. So I'm looking at their site now, and their newest line, I remember hearing about this, was Nerf Ultra, which are big fat darts with fins on the back instead of just a cylinder. So they claim 120 feet now. Oh fuck! Um, and advanced. I'm looking at this product, the Nerf, the the Ultra Faro, which is it's just a Barrett. It's just a Barrett 50 cal. I can't wait. It's till got we live... the it's got the aesthetic blowback nozzle and everything. I can't wait till we live in a in a society where 
our intact. police force is is all like equipped with nerf like mega weapons. How much demolition? And man they're next? non-lethal. Fifty bucks. That's actually not a terrible price. Hey, that's not no. bad. That's not bad for a bear. I might, get, I might get a nerf Ooh. bear at fifty cal. Yeah, they got. Oh yeah, they got the little fins. I Jeez. wish these existed in uh, like freshman year when we were doing Nerf Club in the Davis gym. Yeah, right. Well, or when I would uh, go outside <laughs> for a smoke break, I was doing less damage to my lungs than being inside the Davis gym. <laughs> Are these like meteor darts too? Yeah, they look like I thick heard the boys. Fifty cal darts. <laughs> Those boys. look like they might actually, you know, register if you get hit by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, well, it does say do not aim at face or eyes. Well, they always said that. <laughs> you could get a dart hazard. stuck on your eye. They are suction cups. Oh, my God. They have, like, a fucking grenade launcher. Grenade? Yeah, the grenade the launcher. The Fortnite grenade Fortnite. launcher? Yeah. That's hilarious. With these big fucking fat-ass darts. They got the Halo M- uh, They got the Halo assault rifle. I'm buying the Halo assault rifle. You better believe it. Yeah, I can't. Is this on sale yet? <laughs> yes, I think it is. We're gonna become a Nerf review channel for the next two weeks, guys. Hey, you Just know what? That's con- fresh content for the YouTube channel. Put up some. Nerf Why do gun I have reviews. to enter my birthday to find out where to buy this? So shit? they can tell that you're a pedophile <laughs> and lead you to the nearest police station. Nineteen oh, ten. Hold up! What the fuck is this gun? Excuse me. Let me. Where are you? Come on. Yeah, but you're of age. Nerf are you old 2. enough 0. to what buy is a Nerf gun? The turbine. Where is... Funny. Dude, it just, it I, just ju- I saw a to... minigun. There's like a minigun on here. It just took me to Walmart's website. I've I've seen the it's one that has like the, the bandolier. Yeah, and you hold it. And I'm go, sure that gets fucking jammed. Like nobody's business. Yeah. Oh, and then there was that Rival series where they used the little foam golf balls that didn't fly far at all. They were supposed to be competitive. Yeah, I think they were They finally acknowledged that you can shoot darts at each other. Yeah. I miss the ones that had the whistlers on 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 the tip of them. That would whistle by your ear. Yeah, that was a that was a football. Uh, yeah. innovation. You throw the Nerf football that whistled and it sounded like a fucking shell was going to drop down. <laughs> because when I... you played in the yard, like no one could kick. Like you couldn't do kickoff. So you'd do a throw off where you just like lob it as far as you could into the opposite end zone. And <laughs> it sounded like a fucking shell was dropping down. Then it pinged little Billy right in the fucking eyeball. Well, it's his fault he couldn't Probably catch. <laughs> Well, can't catch. Should have like called these. for a fair catch and then just downed it. <laughs> <laughs> just like these lesbians can't catch some dick. Oh, is that how we're transitioning? I guess y'all so. go for it. I mean, how <laughs> else do you get off of Nerf guns onto lesbians? I mean, it's... oh no, I had to take a far right turn. <laughs> Happiest season. These girls. This girl is meeting the parents of her girlfriend, except she didn't tell her parents. She's gay. Ooh. You know, so if a lesbian said, girl ever comes out to her father, her father can go, you know, we're not so different, you and I. Yeah. 
got some common ground. I we can get on the same page. I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> Women, right? <laughs> can't live with them. <laughs> but you also can't them. club them to death. <laughs> Uh, so, so, but the, the one, the girlfriend, uh, tells her parents probably the worst lie ever, uh, saying that her, the person she's bringing to Christmas is her friend who's an orphan who lives with her. And it's, uh, Kristen Stewart. So she's very clearly gay. <laughs> because she, yeah, such a subtle actress. Her. <clears throat> yeah, she, uh, she, and she does, she hams it up. She's definitely like full carpet muncher for this movie, um, and uh, you'll, you'll enjoy this. Daniel Levy is in this movie, uh, Spawn of the Great Eugene Levy. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's he's pretty funny because he's on um. Uh, Does he also uh, have two left feet? I hope so. He's he's part what's, of the great what's um, what's Canadian comedy dynasties. What is he in? Yeah, let me see. Oh, fuck, what was he in? Space I just started Force, watching probably. it with Kristen. Uh, let's take a look. Um, the only he was only in five movies. He's not not a movie. It's uh the show Shit's Creek. Oh, Shit's Sorry. Creek. Shit's Creek with he he co-wrote uh Shit's Creek with uh Eugene Levy. He's also a host for MTV Live. MTV's still that, on. Oh, that was that was his first thing. No, canceled in 2011, I guess. Okay. Um. So this, I mean, this movie's probably gonna be generic and maybe sad a little bit. Um. Probably like an ex from the past comes back and is like, "I'm gonna out you as a gay." Um. And then probably what I imagine the end of the movie is like all of her sisters are like, "Yeah, I'm gay too." Yeah, I'm gay too. And the mom's like, "Yeah, I'm gay too." I am like, just yeah, trying to kiss. Too. <laughs> Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. It just, it just boom. They should do an X-rated version. Sisterhood of the Traveling uh, Diaphragm. They just all use the same birth control. I don't. No, what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how. Why does Dan Levy look like he? He does look a lot like Eugene Levy, but with like a twenty twenty millennial glow up. Yeah. Is it possibly however, because he's Eugene Levy's son, who's a millennial? <laughs> however, yes. I argue. I argue. Possibly. I argue that that Eugene Levy looks more millennial than Daniel Levy. Look at these fucking glasses. Let me pop this right in the chat. The thick chat boys. The glasses Look that you could fit around. You could use to hold Eugene up your your waistband. <laughs> They're so hipster. He's just like, that's just a statement saying I'm quirky and I know it. Well, that's that's Eugene Levy's whole career has been built on that. Yeah, it's like he like, took a page out of uh, Jeff Goldblum's book and in, in the glasses department. He and Jeff Goldblum see the same optometrist. Yeah, it's a well-known fact. I feel uh, like they they just... actually played by Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> they took. Uh, Eugene Levy's at, at, like essence, put it in a football and threw it through a movie theater where like there was a marathon of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy going on and just passed right through it. It was influenced by the waves and it came out and it was Dan Levy. 
I yeah. was going to say mean, it was a know. movie theater showing a J.J. Abrams movie because they have the same stupid fucking glasses. And we all know that, you know, Dan Levy wasn't produced by normal means. He was definitely, um, you know, probably some sort of asexual reproduction process of of Eugene Levy. Oh, speaking Budding. of J.J. Abrams, I was looking. I just want to see what what's the latest from our boy, from this guy. He's not our boy. He never was our boy. What? Um, Castle Rock uh, got canceled. His Stephen King Hulu show. Shock horror. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Because they were, they weren't they gonna do like a whole universe of Stephen King shit. Mm-hmm. Castle Rock yeah. was, I guess, that show it was like the here, all Stephen Universe stuff. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Stephen King stuff <laughs> in one universe. <laughs> Can we get Steven Universe written by Stephen King? Holy shit. That'd be gross. That's pretty cool. Disgusting. I'd like it. <laughs> um, Stephen King has written, what? you know, non-horror books. What were they actually yeah. good? Uh, I mean, it depends on what you think of Stephen King's writing style. There are people who don't like it. Well, anything that Stephen King and coked out of his mind is uh is good good for me. The Coke King. He Coke was King. the Coke was King for a long time. I'm, I tell you, every time I this gets mentioned up, just watch the Maximum Overdrive trailer, the one that Stephen King presents, and you will see a man fucking coked out of his gourd. <laughs> gourd Coke, best Coke, um, butternut squash Coke. Flavor the smell of fall in Miami. Uh okay. Tony Montana's uh dandruff. <laughs> Tony Montana's hay cart ride. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'm boycotting this next trailer just due to James Corden. Uh, but that's due to personal reasons. If you guys want to cover that, that's fine. So Super Intelligence is a movie um that I've been getting push notifications from the HBO Max app all week yeah. about. And I finally watched the trailer, and it's it's a Melissa McCarthy movie about a perfectly the same. It's about the same character Melissa McCarthy plays in every fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time, the scenario is that there's a, a super AI intelligence that can control the the uh, the whole world, and if he doesn't get shown by Melissa McCarthy that humans are worth saving in three days, he's gonna gonna blow up the earth. And he talks like oh, James Corden to... because the yeah. the fucking deep learning algorithm told him that James Corden the sound of his voice would would calm Melissa McCarthy down. And it's this is this is when HBO Max is 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 pushing here. What's that movie How to Make a Man Leave You in Ten Days or whatever? How to lose a guy in ten days. Yeah, is this like that, but in reverse? I don't. What I've never seen that movie. H, what HBO Max playing How to Lose Subscription in ten days? Members in in ten days. Let's like look at the Max original movies they've produced. An American Pickle, uh, Super Intelligence. Oh, we should watch that. <laughs> That's oh, what they got. That's what they're rocking. They they're building their foundation on Melissa McCarthy and Seth Rogen and Seth Rogen. <laughs> You yeah, but what? half the viewers of, of American Pickle are probably big Rick and Morty fans looking for Pickle Rick. Mm-hmm. They got Pickle Rogan. Building off that 
big pickle uh, fan. Big big pickle energy. Um. Yeah. So this is ostensibly a comedy movie or something, right? <laughs> I believe that was the intent. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, were jokes. I attempts. so when you said super intelligence, because I I didn't see the trailer. I was thankfully was gracious enough to not see it until like today. Um. What if when you said she's she meets a super intelligence? I'm like okay, like maybe it, the idea spawned in my head. What if like it had to save the world and it needed her to do it? And it had all the answers, but it made her do, like, go through ridiculous hoops to, like, save it. And she's like, I don't get this plan. And he's like, trust me, it'll all come together. Now I need you to steal this tiger from the zoo and get it onto a plane. And wacky hijinks ensue. See, what I thought this was going to be, um, based on the name only, really, and my not really reading the push notification, was I thought this was going to be, like, a Flowers for, for Algeron sort of deal. Oh, um, mm-hmm. or maybe more flowers from Charlie always sunny episode kind of deal, given it's supposed to be a comedy, but what I got was it was far, far worse. Um, yeah. some of the actors, the supporting actors seem like they're, they're going to give decent performances, but I, yeah, just let's, let's stop this. Like, you're not going to get the, uh, subscription numbers you want hbo max if this is what you're selling your service on and i know you're struggling to get subscriptions because you shit can two of your top executives over the disappointing performance of hbo max game of thrones is done if you had released this when game of thrones was still relevant you know i'm sure you'd get a lot of people coming in but it's over it's done with you pissed on that grave too with how poorly that final season came out you pissed in that coffee cup which they left on set (laughs) so yeah don't watch that um Um, the last one i have is wild mountain time it's a romantic comedy set in ireland featuring non-irish actors doing the worst irish accents you've heard since tom cruise yeah, they really didn't sound Irish, but it's Christopher Walken in again, particular. I don't think the Irish are real. I just assume they're all fantasy characters mm. from a movie. I, I think that sums it up pretty well. I got two other quick ones, two quick shout outs. Uh, shout out to another round, uh, the Mads Mikkelsen movie, where he and his gang of buddies are doing an experiment. Before you go any further, yes. is it in the cold? No. Damn it. Damn it. Sadly, Mads no. Pickleson is they like do contractually drink... obligated to do movies in the snow. Ah, ice drinks. No. Um, in this one, he and his buddies are doing an experiment to see if their performance can be improved by staying at a 0.05% alcohol ABV at all times during work hours. That's the premise, is stay buzzed at work. I feel like it should be in the cold. Like if it were if it were in the cold, I'd be there. Mads Mikkelsen in the cold always. Uh, but then you don't get the the PE instructor who's slightly buzzed, telling all the little kids, "All right, guys, you can still have to... it like be in Alaska during the winter. It's not hard to incorporate the cold element. It's a very flexible setting. <laughs> <laughs> There's ice Where's in his this... drinks. Does that also, all right, close enough. An, that's the cold. That's the cold movie. in Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. All right. So yeah, it's a, it's a reversal of the trope. Really, They've he's breaking the new ground. All right, you got. I'm back in. You got me back in. I'm back in. 
Um, this is also an international movie too. They, yeah, um, it's 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 foreign Colin language. German? They're speaking in a different tongue. Icelandic? Or I don't think so. Uh, what is Mads Mikkelsen? So like the funny thing. About, so the thing about this is just like okay, so functional alcoholism. He's that, Danish. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah what's going um, on? Uh, another round of sobering comedy about aging alcoholism and friendship between men. 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 Yeah. Um, we're men. So that's teaching we're men kids while you're drunk. <laughs> and the last trailer I have is for Mystery of the Pink Flamingo, which is a quirky documentary about a sound engineer is like, man, what's the deal with pink flamingos? Man, that's kind of weird, right? Are there non-pink flamingos? I guess just the flamingo. Like, he's like, what? Why people put that in movies and and on lawn ornaments? That's weird. I'll make a documentary about it. Sounds like an Eric Andre bit. Yeah, I was about to say. Like, that's that's kind of what it feels like. Did I not see that in that compilation that we saw? It's just taken without uh, without a tongue in cheek. It's just like I I want to figure out why the pink flamingo is a cultural icon. He talks to John Waters and he, he is interviews with like design because he made pink flamingos. John Waters is, is a different kind of cat. <laughs> it's a cat knows what it's and that's it for trailers for me. That yeah, was a lot of trailers. I, I I burned all my trailers. There's I burned out all my brain cells. There's fucking not a lot of quality content well, looking in the pipeline. I, <laughs> I guess there is the last three days where Cop loses his memory of last three days and he has to fight the Yakuza. And you know they're the Yakuza because they wear Yakuza. Japanese Oni masks. Oh, I thought you'd know they're Yakuza because they have the big fucking lotus tattoo on their arm. No, there are no tattoos on them. <laughs> oh, well, then they're not really Yakuza. You have to have the tattoo. No. Um, no. So not a lot coming down the pipeline and not a lot in theaters. I don't know if this is just a reporting error or if everyone's going back into lockdown so all these theaters are closing up again. But we have a whopping three movies in our uh, IMDb. The box office report here so uh this will be a shorter segment than usual uh opening this week in the top spot we have freaky the uh blumhouse friday the 13th meets freaky friday crossover uh delia bob horror comedy uh with vince vaughn and young girl um <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the killer and the girl and the victim get and like they have their body, body swapped. swapped, and yeah, uh, yeah. hijinks ensues. Yep. I guess uh, it opened with four point two million dollars in twenty four hundred and seventy two theaters, and even four point two million dollars. Yeah, too. there's some rounding going rounding on there. Top. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, all of these average are. per theater take of just under seventeen hundred dollars. Um, and this normally would be our spotlight movie. However, when I went on to IMDb to uh, parse the user reviews, there were like no negative or middling reviews. There was not enough to fill our segment requirements. So we got a little desperate, 
And so we'll be taking a closer look at the number two movie in America, which is Let Him Go, that movie with Kevin Costner and uh, Woman, who I don't don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Same thing, that fucking woman. Which, uh, two two million dollars, down 50% from last week in 2,458 theaters. 813 per theater take total gross the seven million bucks domestic 32 international for worldwide of just uh 7.12 million doll hairs and uh it's got a 64 on metacritic a 7.1 out of 10 on imdb and um, I'm not going to bother to check the Rotten Tomatoes because I really don't care. Diane Lane is the uh, woman yes. I was thinking of. Could not remember her name off the top a, of my head. I just had a really good idea. What's that? Well, I mean, I guess good is um, subjective. Uh, maybe this would have been an idea to bring up a long time ago, but like drug cartels, <laughs> their money is uh, dirty. Uh, movie theaters, uh, very heavily cash flow oriented businesses. Why? Why didn't I wonder if the drug cartels like would ever reach out to like AMC or Regal or somebody like that, and be like, "Hey, uh, clean our money and just like, we'll buy all your fucking tickets with our dirty I'm money." I'm sure that's gonna be great for those publicly traded companies. <laughs> I they can report really high it. numbers. Be like, hey, yeah, and then I, they get audited because really, they're like, where's this money coming from? And they're like, ah, oh, really shit. clean theaters. <coughs> the people didn't care about they. They well, had to come see this movie. It's simple, Kurt. You get the cartels to start uh, substituting into the. They infiltrate the IRS, and slowly but surely, we replace the entire American economy with cartels. Yeah. I don't this want to live another... in a Steven Seagal movie, Peter. <laughs> Why don't we just take they the They have avocados already. And move them over here. <laughs> um, They're going to start selling illegal weed to the legal dispensaries. Sorry. Sorry. I just had a Jimmy Neutron brain blast. I, I brain, had, a, I had a, brain blast. Yeah, I just had to like, put it out there. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know the joke about real reviewer traits, Reading with clean woman, yada yada yada. Um, read some IMDb user reviews now. You completely derailed my momentum, Jake. <laughs> I was cruising. I, look, I'm then you had to float of money this stupid idea about laundering money with a publicly traded company. They have a fiduciary Fine, responsibility what, to disclose where their assets are coming wrong? from. They have the fiduciary in their assets. They're spread out all over their assets. So a lot of these positive reviews here are uh, like just really glowing praise for the movie, which doesn't make for great entertainment. And uh, so I had the I had to dig a little deeper than I normally do. So I I grabbed a couple eight out of tens because they were just a little bit unhinged. Um. So D Will eight three four four zero has a review of Let Him Go, 
That's an 8 out of 10. Great story. Great acting. November 9th, 2020. This is a tension-filled story with terrific acting performances by Costner and Lane, as well as the secondary actors of the Wee Boy family. Overall, one of the better movies I've seen recently. See, Hollywood? It's possible to make a good movie without the garbage you routinely add in these days. A parenthetical. Unnecessary cursing, sex scene, political correctness slash wokeness, and talentless actors. Exclamation point. Why they felt the need to put that in a parenthetical, I do not know. Uh, we need more movies like this. Period. No exclamation point. Um, I see. 23 out of 26 found that helpful. Well, this movie was lucky enough to not get any 1 out of 10s. So the uh, lowest score this movie received was a 2 out of 10. So you know this was definitely some disgruntled person who misclicked and just hit two instead of one <laughs> who really who really is like angry enough to give it a two uh but not a one because they did not like this movie and warning for spoilers uh because i know everybody's gonna go out and watch this uh horrible movie beware by luke mclaughlin this movie was so slow very little action until the last 15 minutes of the movie I wouldn't waste my time. The plot was very weak. The best part was the incredible background of South Dakota. Four out of 17. Now, I don't know where the spoiler was, but I apologize <laughs> for letting you know that it was in the only real Dakota in the U.S. That is South Dakota. It's true. No one's ever been to North Dakota. Have you been to North Dakota? I certainly haven't. It doesn't it's exist. Canada. It's just made up. To give the Democrats more electoral votes. What kind of name is Sioux Falls? I think that's that in South Dakota. Dakota. I don't even. I don't even fucking know. Nothing is in. North I'm Dakota terrible at American trees. geography. There's a military base in Minot, North Dakota. That's literally all I know to be in North Dakota. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what I do know though, is about the six out of ten review, which is by Joe Zero. But I will put a voice on this, and you will understand why very quickly. <clears throat> Six out of ten, blah. Typical suspense movie, depressing, always dark, tiny surprise at the end. And I love Diane Lane. I was not only disappointed, it hurt my feelings because it was so blah. One out of two. That's, and uh, I would also give my Trump impression a six out of ten. Nice. nice. I like it. Um, it's not great. I chose this review largely for its title. Somehow, oh, this is from The Animal Mother, 8 out of 10. Somehow, Cherry Valance is still hot. <laughs> Submitted November 11, 2020. Confusing. This is a strong <laughs> film and a special one, I'd say. How unusual, how unusually unsatisfyingly it unravels, but yet you still totally want to see what happens next. The film is authentic enough, authentic feeling enough to really drag you into it, whether you like where it's going or not. I think for most mature audiences, it will affect them in this way for the most part. Thankfully, this is not just another predictable Hollywood film. It certainly isn't unfamiliar territory, not at all, but it certainly has far more uncompromising... There are no periods in here. 
uncompromising and characters are more realistic than most modern Hollywood films. And therefore, the film is a brush of fresh air on this basis alone. Still not a period. (laughs) Even though the movie's atmosphere is somewhat stifling. There we go. Period. It seemed to me that the punctuation is just completely random. I'll drink to that. It seemed to me that this role was absolutely perfect for Diane Lane at this stage in her career slash life. Or is it that she just totally embodied the character and nailed it? Definitely both, in my view, anyway. And the Oscar goes to ellipses. If I was handing them out, she was amazing at this. I would even venture to say one of the better female performances I've seen out of Hollywood in the last many years. She was that good. And the part was also a pretty interesting one. Subtle and intense. I think... I think describe her performance the most accurately. Costner was definitely very understated and subtle himself in another very strong performance. My advice to those with mature viewing eyes, don't miss this film. Best I've seen so far this year. 8 out of 10. Just just a, 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 a screed, if ever there was one. Uh, <laughs> 3 out of 5 found it helpful. No. Well, I think this person has to disagree because they said three out of ten, boring, with one, two, three, four, five, six exclamation points. Wow. They, I, if I would have broken my microphone if I tried to ex- express how that all caps boring was by Pruse 55811. How in the world did they call this a thriller? This is the most boring, lifeless movie that tries to pull at your heartstrings, but only makes things worse. With its one extremely simple and boring plot, I'm actually writing this in the theater as I speak, waiting for my Uber to come pick me up. And, oh, gotta go to sum this up in five words. Do not waste your time. That may be the greatest review we've ever read on this show. That's like pizza pipeline tier right there. The uh, how far would go to be famous tier right there. That's that's a topper. That's on the top of the list it, right there. Put it in the fucking chat for us. I want to I want to read it with my own eyes because I just have this. Let fucking, me look upon no, it with my own up. eyes. <laughs> while I while my eyes cheat on my cheat on myself with this shit. Uh, I'm going to read this mediocre review by D.T. Elgin. Spoiler warning, and this one has actual spoilers in it. Um, predictable, so 5 out of 10. Predictable, not believable, soppy, rambling. Simple plot with too many side stories. Who's the Indian boy? Just shows up. For what purpose? The Costner character was a lawman. Why didn't he use the law to get the kid back? No husband would let his wife run amok. They go to his hotel room, cut off three fingers. Self-defense? Could have been good. Actually funny in some parts. Next time, stick to the script. One out of two found that helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know as a viewer when they go off script. <laughs> hey, I have the script right here. Uh, you're supposed to actually say, don't what if, go over there. What if... <laughs> That was the writer of the movie. Mmm. A disgruntled writer of the movie who saw his the actors and director just tear apart his hard work. Mmm. Mm. 
Next time, stick to Next the time, stick Cut to off three fingers. Self-defense. Self-defense? Two-bit ham. You fucking hack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then in third, uh, returning to our box office roundup, in third, the final movie, uh, Come Play. Down from second, $1 million. Clean, even this $1 million. Uh, We're not talking about the, the, the hub version. Is that even a category? Mm. What am I saying? Of course it is. <laughs> of course it, is. it has to be. <laughs> Minus 44.2%. Uh, if it isn't, I'll make it a category. Theaters, down 217 theaters from last week. 508 per theater take. Uh, so let him go and come play, both from Focus Features. So they're they're made. They've made. They got. They got like sixteen million in, in box office revenue, right now. So, good good for them. Um. Not a lot of gaming news this week. Pretty light week on all these fronts. Uh, mm-hmm. un, unfortunately. So uh, we might might keep the show's runtime tighter than usual. Although we are already an hour in. So oh, maybe not, not. gonna happen. <laughs> Counter-Strike 1.0 is 20 years old today. Or this week, I should say, because this article is five days old. Um, So the mod, the Half-Life mod that spawned Counter-Strike has turned 20 today. It came out in 2000, officially released November 9th, 2000. is um, one of... Valve's uh, most profitable franchises that they themselves did not create. <laughs> Valve has a much better approach to modders than most developers, where they they'll hire the developers of the mod to work for them. <laughs> Sega started; they're like they started to realize that they had their Jimmy Neutron brain blast. Like, wait, that super successful Western distribute distribution service that that hires on people who passionate people who make fan work what if we did that sonic mania get the fuck on it christian white and then they made a gajillion dollars and they said that's the game we're gonna put it on fuck sonic forces sonic mania is is actually our newest game (laughs) don't don't believe the hype friendship with sonic forces ended sonic mania is now my best friend (laughs) turns out cartoon characters are still more marketable when they're they're tiny and cute and colorful. Not not, not for, for all it's changed. There's a lot that stayed the same. Not for Sonas. <laughs> no, no. Why did they add that feature to Sonic Forces? The design your own fursona. <laughs> fursona non grata. <laughs> that that would be the title of my Sonic Forces review if I had one. Okay. <laughs> Do we want to do the two-hour challenge where you beat Sonic Forces in two hours and return it? Sure. We could probably knock that on a stream one of these days. Um, we'll all pitch in for the, for the price of the, for the game. cost. Xbox Game Pass added a couple of nostalgic titles this week. Final Fantasy VIII Remastered has landed on the service, as have Goner 2 and Streets of Rogue, which are not... Um, older games but they are in a retro style so that's 
I like that. I like the frequency with which new games are added to Game Pass. It makes makes it a good good value service. Uh, Ubisoft evidently is doing away with achievements for PC games, and uh, no one cared. Perhaps they should focus more on, you know, finishing the games that they release because. I've seen some clips of Watch Dogs Legion that show not a lot of attention to detail was played. Uh, I think uh, the the one that gained the most traction was a comparative clip showing how in Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag the characters ran in water and how it changed from dry land versus Watch Dogs Legion where you just you just splint full tilt right through the water. No change in animation whatsoever. It's just a shader. <laughs> oh. um, speaking of broken games, CBR.com has put out an article by Zach Millsap about how broken games are becoming the norm and it's a huge problem, and I have to agree with it, even though he does commit the journalistic sin of telling me what the conclusion is before... <laughs> before I read the article. Um, it's like the, you know, X is now Y, but that's a good thing. I hate that. <laughs> Don't do that. Fucking come to your house and kill you. <laughs> Damn. Uh, broken, um, unpolished video games have become more apparent this console generation than ever before. I have seen clips of uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales where he clips through a bus. <laughs> oh my god. In a cutscene. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, Marvel's Avengers has had issues. Uh, of course, the famously bad debacle that was WWE 2K20, Age of Empires 3 Definitive Edition, uh, Fallout 76 was just one massive shithole. Um, just a few games. And of course... Assassin's Creed has a well-documented history of putting out half-finished games. The famous uh, "There is no face on this character" model from Syndicate mm-hmm. picture. <laughs> um, just classic. It's it's a problem because for several reasons. Number one, you're paying sixty dollars for a game you expect it to be finished, and now with prices expected to go up to seventy dollars for a game. That expectation is even more there. And it's a, it's a balancing act because you need to give... I think we need to give people more dev time because games are being pushed out unfinished and there's a huge crunch crisis in the gaming industry right now where developers are working just ridiculous hours to finish these games uh, by their deadlines and it's not healthy for them. And, you know, it turns out when you're working 120 hours a week, you're tired and more likely to make mistakes and not really finish or optimize your game. So the whole industry kind of needs to rethink, I feel. I'm not really going off the article here. This is now Kurt's Uh, (laughs) op-ed. Needs to rethink how it's approaching release windows. And if you want to do games, you should... I think studios, as much as I dislike games as a service, I think... Studios should have a couple games as a service titles to float them financially so they don't have to put as much pressure on hitting release windows 
for these big AAA developers and they can take time to release and optimize their games. And we as consumers have to stop buying fucking unfinished games. I know it's harder because more and more games are coming out unfinished. So like, what the fuck do you do? But we need to stop rewarding companies. Uh, well, not even rewarding them. Letting them get away with shoveling out yeah. half-finished shit with giant 40 gigabyte day one patches uh, to make it remotely playable. You know what the yeah. uh, what the real key here is? Uh, I think the, I think the answer is buy small games in between your big games. There is, you know, things were I would say healthier in the earlier console generations because in between your big flagship releases, you could buy really crappy tiny games, but also mid tier games. You know, B tier games. Yes, the double A game has all but disappeared, and I think it behoove studios to like developer digital just makes their bread and butter on these like smaller indie games that are just well made and they're not gonna like sell huge amounts but they sell well and they're positively reviewed um but i think some of these bigger studios like ubisoft and microsoft oh microsoft owns a bunch of these studios so does sony they should supplement their launch portfolios with smaller like indie developers like publish these games from these smaller developers give them a reduced licensing or you know say we'll publish your game on our platform a huge platform you know you just we'll take the standard licensing cut of 30 percent and you can put your game on this huge platform and fill in your portfolio with these smaller games that you sell for like 29.99 or 39.99 and people play those in between your massive AAA releases that you're going to be selling for $70. I think that's much healthier for the industry. And these indie, these smaller indie studios are constantly working on titles. And there's so many of them that you don't have to like put pressure on them. Okay, this is your release window. We need you to turn out a game by now. It's like, okay, we finished our game. It's been a labor of love. All right, we'll publish it. Get on there. And then they start working on their next project. Yeah, that's... um. That's what I thought that big studios would be trying to do, like Bethesda, when they just uh, absorb smaller studios into them, or um, things like when Rare got purchased by like uh, Microsoft. But instead, they made Rare design shitty Connect games. Yeah, connectables. Like, <laughs> pro- manage your properties, and um, I, again, I. It also, see, the other thing is it bolsters your library for your consoles because I think uh, I sent over that that sort of joke video yesterday where it was fucking... uh, It was uh, Linkin Park in the end, uh, but with PS5-themed lyrics about how there's no games on the (sighs) PS5 right now. Just buy a console. They'll make games for it later, I guess. Yeah. Just buy a console. That's what's happening now. People are buying consoles. Like, I read an article the other day or I didn't really read past, like, the sub-headline. It's like, mm-hmm. the Xbox One, the Xbox Series X has the biggest launch library of any Xbox in history. I'm like, is that true? Because if that's true, that's a damning <laughs> indictment of Xbox launch libraries throughout history. Because as far as I'm aware, there are no games, no at least no exclusives on the Xbox Series X yeah. right mm-hmm. now. And there won't be. For like a year, I believe they said. 
That's why they pushed so hard their backwards compatibility so people could have a library to play on their new console. <laughs> oh, and again, not to mention all these games that that were that they're creating are are massive like storage requirements and to work to the point where you almost need an external hard drive uh, with your console as it is. Yeah, we talked about it last week with the PS five only having like 660 gigabytes of usable storage after software took up its chunk that's like enough for maybe 10 games of mixed size depending upon the game like there are games that are over 100 gigabytes now yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's almost it's gotten to the point where you have to give players the option to like download certain portions of your game i know call of duty came in and they're like well if you if you don't want the the campaign downloaded, you can take off the campaign and only have the multiplayer and like uh, Warzone on here. And it's like, why do people have to fucking pick? Yeah, why do I have to how much of their game? sixty, seventy, eighty dollar game that they want to have on their fucking console? You are console? professional it's, programmers. I'm sure you can write some compression algorithms. <laughs> You're just lazy. Never, yeah. never like think about that. Think I, I like to think about this in the the age of discs, right? If you got a CD package, imagine paying like an eighty dollars for a CD thing, and maybe it was a big game and they had to split it onto discs. Never have I ever heard of a game where they put the multiplayer game on a disc and then the campaign on a disc and then like another mode on a disc, right? This is kind of that's kind of what they're. Yeah. Uh, the analogy here would be so on two disc games like mass effect 3 came on two discs and multiplayer was accessible on either disc <laughs> right so i'm saying is yeah the company even in the age of physical That's media crazy. companies never portioned out their games on size requirements among different things and i'm saying that because that seems like an efficient way to do it you know but if people who are making them physically never did it, I don't know why. what the incentive would be I, to it digitally. I think part of it is the death of physical media because you no longer have a tangible need to limit the size of your game because it's all digital now. You can just shit out whatever fucking gigantic file size you need. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, I can only... You know, I have to fit it onto this 8-gigabyte DVD or this 25-gigabyte Blu-ray or this 700-megabyte CD. You know, like, there's none of that. Right. There's no, like, pressing need to have your games be controlled in size anymore. And you just you just spread. You just spread your file size out over the whole hard shoot your Shoot your fucking data load all over their hard drive. <laughs> Oh Jesus! And you say um, you clean it up. <laughs> and throw them a rag. My my last my last thing for I don't know if we want to move off of this and get into other stuff. My last thing is again Steam and Sega. You know, there's the last the last points here. Maybe you find a game when you're putting out one of these smaller games that just catches people, gets their gets the thing going. Because Sonic Mania was not the game that Sega was putting their big bucks on, right? It was like, oh, that's coming out too. That's good. And then people were like, yes, this is Sonic game. And then they have their big fucking bandstand for forces. And people are like, oh, whatever. This forces. is like Sonic Generations with one third of the content. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the same thing. Like, what was it? Like, um, what Pocahontas and Lion King, where Disney was like, Pocahontas, 
that's gonna be the one that's our big movie and they shoved the b team on the lion king and they're like do you guys work on the fucking cat movie hamlet with whatever it's lion king shut up and then you know now lion king is fucking ridiculous it won so like, I'm saying a is, bunch of awards it made a lot of money <laughs> has a thriving broadway musical has you know is one of the top disney properties that was like the side team um same thing with shrek right i think you you got shreked at dreamworks if you did bad they put you onto shrek and look how the fuck that turned out um so what i'm saying is there's a lot a lot of reasons don't just triple a you need to diversify you need to dehomogenize so um kfc gaming which is the follow of ours on twitter uh, came out with a statement lampooning Cyberpunk 2077's recent uh, delay announcement, and I will read you that statement now. <clears throat> hey, everyone. Today we've decided to move the release date of the KFC console, or KFC console, <laughs> by 29 days. The new release date is December 11th. Most likely, there are many emotions and questions in your head. So first and foremost, please accept our humble apologies. The biggest challenge for us right now is creating a literal console that warms chicken, which requires us to prepare and test many elements of it. Graphics, connectivity, game accessibility, speed, and most importantly, the chicken chamber. Well, while working from home. Since the KFC console evolved towards almost being the next-gen console somewhere along the way, we need to make sure everything works well and runs smoothly. We're aware it might seem unrealistic when someone says that 29 days can make any difference in such a creative and complex machine, but they really do. Some of you might also be wondering what these words mean in light of us saying the KFC console would be ready some time ago. Passing certification means the console is ready, can be completed, and is finger-clicking good to go. <laughs> but it doesn't mean we stop working on it and raise... Stop working on it and raising the quality bar. On the contrary, this is the time where many improvements are being made, which will then be distributed via day zero patch. This is the time period we undercalculated. We feel we have an amazing console on our hands and are willing to make every decision, even the hardest ones, if it ultimately leads to you getting a console you fall in love with. Also, we're a UK-based team, and the release date was always December 11th, so literally nothing has changed. Some of you just assumed wrong, so you're in December. You're KFC gaming team. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the reply window right now, and there is a, a tweet from the Cyberpunk 2077 official Twitter that says, we'd love to respond, but corporate approval team never got back to us. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of water cooling, it's it's hot grease cooling? Yeah. Um so that's that. Instead of Where are we on time? KFC. Uh, we are we're over an hour. Hour, hour eighteen. Hour. All right. I finished the Outer Worlds this week, but I didn't write a review yet. And since we're like an hour twenty in, I feel if I ad lib it, we'll, we'll push us a little bit past. So we'll we'll save that for next and, week. I can oh, fill cool. that in quickly. I should have put this earlier before we we got into video game stuff but i'll put it here um i just quick review keepo season three i saw it you know i've been following that shit it was a solid end to the three season netflix animated series uh maybe a little rushed but it was not a high stakes show by any means so 
It's fine. It's fine, guys. Don't make this another Voltron. Don't worry about it. It's it's good. The series ended at a good conclusion, and it was it was it was fine. That's my that's my review. It's me just gonna I'm just gonna keep saying Fucking that. Fine. <laughs> um. Again, I recommend just watch, watch it all the way through. The series is complete now. Um. It's charming and it's low key. It's low stakes. It's good. That's my review. All right. Onwards. Well, our review of Starship Troopers is forthcoming. There was no effort to make a transition because I'm lazy. <laughs> Star- is any transition needed for this? I want I want a flying graphic to come on the screen. <laughs> Do you want to know more about our transition process? Click to learn more. (laughs) (laughs) I love love those bits. They're such classic bits from this movie that will never get old. Just the cutaway to them uh, showing kids how to hold the rifle properly and passing out bullets. and (laughs) Just fantastic. Uh, the world building was pretty good too for for like a for like a sci-fi movie that you wouldn't think to have like that much depth. They did a surprisingly okay job in in building the world, whether it's heavy fists it or not. It was a bit of a uh, yeah, a bit of an info dump at the beginning. I feel like we could have done as good a job with just contextual stuff, like the propaganda bits interspersed were I think a better job. Versus the beginning one where it's just like, here's the situation. There's a war on this planet where the uh, bugs, the home world and all this. And like there was a time before war and all that. Like the beginning part was just a very uh, heavy exposition dump. Not like Dune level exposition dumps where it's just a talking head for five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, but like it. I kind of I kind of liked it. Yeah, it, there was a whole exposition, but it, it also kind of uh, I think I think it made a lot more sense later on when you when the narrator comes back and it continues doing his propaganda bits and it's like um, it's like old wartime kind of like war at war. Join now, do your part. Yeah. The Federation needs you. Very much um, total war uh, lampooning there. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. I, I I like it. It it's a movie I can always sit down and have fun with. I think I've seen this movie like maybe five times or something like that by now. Um, just over the years because it is an older movie and it's I've I saw it when I was much younger and I have seen it multiple times as, a, as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a fun movie and I, I like to go back and and look up like lore and how this movie was created and made and and some of the production stuff of it you can uh, you can really sink your very... teeth into this movie i think yeah um i wasn't too immersed in it because i wanted to do like kind of a thoughtful watch the first time because if i just watched it and it was like movie then you know that's kind of the whole point of the stupid the stupid reviews by people yeah. who didn't they just didn't care to look at what was going on to like this is a stupid shooty movie uh um so, just a second. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Like, so I couldn't get immersed in it, which is fine. Um, I think that's an interesting way to to approach it. But, um, oh, what was he? 
fucking say? I don't know. That's that was my experience watching. This is my first time. And again, the okay. the ads were just like salt. I had just never salt yeah. bay. I have never seen it. the movie in its entirety. I've seen like bits and pieces. This is my first time watching it mm. from start to finish. Wow. Okay. Um and uh but i knew like the general plot and and the uh the political commentary and all that and i enjoyed that more than i enjoyed the the action bit of it and mm. uh one of the things i i noticed and i i don't know if this is just like a holdover from the book cuz the book is written at a time where like fresh off of two world wars back to back you know this is all and we're in, in the Korean conflict now. Like, it was written during a time where, like, war and veterans and all that was, like, at the forefront of political discourse. Uh, and, like, it is a lot of retrofuturism sort of technologies there. Uh, but there's a lot of inconsistency in the, uh, the combat effect, like, the uh, difficulty to kill <laughs> the pugs. Uh, varies wildly from scene to scene and the uh, potency of medical technology varies fairly wildly from scene to scene mm-hmm. uh, um i i i will there's a lot you can sort of sort of bridge the gap with your with your imagination and maybe i'd call it maybe headcanon maybe lore um i like the idea that if this is sort of like a propaganda sort of like a framing device um, it plays on one of those elements of fascism, which is fascists because of their own. This is another theme I was thinking about. Uh, the first half of this movie is all about insecurity to me. I was like, there's so much insecurity everywhere. Like the entirety of humanity has a small dick complex. Um, and one of the in everyone fucking has heard of the Umberto Eco Ur fascism essay. Go back and read it if you have and just look up Umberto Eco Ur fascism. You'll find it. It's a good read. One of the things it says is because of insecurity and like their own internal politics, you can't effectively evaluate how strong they are because at the same time they have to be so much stronger than you, but at the same time they're weaklings who deserve to get crushed under your foot. Um, and this is, that kind of plays into also why it's, they're the enemies, the, the bugs are the enemies, but they're in the erected quarantine zone, which implies that it's been surrounded by humanity and has been fairly boxed in you know mm. so it's not like if it was a formidable force that they were gonna have problems with that was like an actual like big time threat it would be a border and there would be arachnid space you know yeah and it does it kind of feels like there's certainly a uh there's a complex driving the conflict in the manner that it's being driven because I said this, I texted this in the group when I was watching this movie. I'm like, wouldn't it be just easier to nuke all the arachnid planets from fucking orbit, just turn them into fucking glass, and and yeah. be done yeah. with it? Why bother, you know, invading and trying to capture things? Because it's it's about lording the superiority of humanity over them. And you know, there was mm-hmm. the a mis- grievous miscalculation based on the superiority complex. Which led to, you know, the first initial conflict going so poorly. Right. And it's also, I'd also put forth that a lot of war in these kind of um, conquering societies isn't as much about the enemy as it is about a method of maintaining internal peace. 
Um, again, these are all things I've kind of put together. Like, it's it's kind of inferred that Earth has been taken over by one unified government. Um, yeah. That Geneva yeah. is just all the same people. Uh, and that the the white guys and the totally white all American guys live in Buenos Aires, Buenos Aires, yeah. which is in Argentina. Um, and so wait, what was I lost I lost my train of thought. Um, the U.S. is now both Americas. <laughs> right, right. Why are they Why are they conquering? Right. Um, so they got you want to maintain the people in power want to maintain the power, and I think the the most. Uh, obvious way of doing that is the whole citizen thing where the people who have the political action the 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 um first class citizens right the actual citizens are the people who have served in war um so they have the power to vote and they have the power to have more kids so people being people coming into the society and the people doing the things in the society are the people who have already been indoctrinated by the military well, we right. see That's even in just the general schools, like there's indoctrination mm. about, you know, the the importance of, you know, it's like kind of hard to like call it indoctrination and propaganda because like in a certain sense, well, I mean, it's not hard to call it that, but like you, sometimes it makes you question like, is the messaging here really, really bad? Because a lot of it is like public service, not just military we always see the militarism end of it but it's like yeah public service grants you these rights and you know it's important to be a public servant and all that but it's for the advancement of the federation not necessarily the advancement of society i think that's kind of where the the fascism element creeps into it but i don't necessarily disagree that uh there should be encouragement uh for public service and that that would give you a better understanding of uh community and stuff but that it's pushed very hard in the well i'm public schools i'm sure they've all been like right corporatized and all that mm-hmm. yeah i i i think that's a good thing because and that's also why johnny rico is the main character because he also when he's not sure he's like is this a good thing should is a civil service because he's torn between his parents and his his friends and teachers and he's like his parents and his dick which, which let's be honest here <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um I, but i think he finds his path along the way which yeah. is which is something that he he gets and also I mean, it's also probably heavily benefited from the fact that he doesn't have a home to go back to anymore when brain oh yeah i mean that's is, a big it's a big part of it it really pushes him um, forward yeah and and to your other point kurt like that's good this is the civil service good stuff i'm like in general, yeah, I, th- I think civic service is, is good. And the, the way it portrays in the movie, I feel like, is look at all this fantastic technology, all this sort of peace and stuff that they've um, achieved, right? The I guess, spoiler, sure, the power to heal wounds, the power to uh, traverse the galaxy in, a, in moments. Minds. <laughs> yeah, and what a shame that it's all in service of this soulless sort of society. Mm-hmm. and you're supposed to like you know it's a it's a bittersweet sort of deal like this is you know at what cost did we did we get all these advancements yeah um i think the one thing that kind of um took me back a little bit from the whole idea that like you get all these rewards from being a citizen basically going into public service i mean that that idea of, of serving and 
and giving up your time and sacrificing your time uh and even your life to an extent um is good but it's just like i there were certain things that just like kind of didn't obviously vibe with me because we live in such a different society and we hold such different values like like they were, when they were talking about all the different things that they can do with citizenship, like have more kids. Yeah. Or well, like in the first, not a lot though. In the first, um, right? To like vote, they can yeah. like, they're allowed to voting vote is for citizens. If they're only, only citizens. Um, but like they talk like, about, like they really kind of drive it home. They they make the point that, well, because I think they do this specifically because people like me, who like you know. Is it such a bad thing that we encourage people to go into civil service? No, not necessarily. But this society is not one that's altruistic. Uh, and they, they make mm-hmm. that point very clear in the beginning because within the first 10 minutes, the teacher's talking about the failure of democracy and the, f- the fall of democracy, which is, is something that, at least in our current Western society, we hold very dear uh, so they mm-hmm. they make that. I think that's a very uh, poignant poignant uh, divorce from our society to right. kind of like detach your empathy from mm-hmm. some of these characters. And yeah. if you take this as like a satire of uh, current military and military um, opinions, uh, it was it's never directly stated. It doesn't. I don't know if it's even a thing that they said it might just it's another thing i kind of inferred and thought about is i bet i wonder how how well the veterans are actually treated other than what we would consider basic rights basic human rights conferred onto them like the only time that the vets ever get their attached limbs because everyone's lived they all lost limbs like every adult is fucking disfigured from their time in the military right the only time they get the teacher gets his arm is when he's ready to fight again. The rest of the time, he doesn't get that arm. He doesn't have that right. You know, and I think about real veterans, the actual way we treat American veterans, it's not great. At least not right now. Good good for you. Here's a, this this VFW, it technically works. Go get him, Tiger. There was a time Um, where we took pretty good care of our veterans in this country, but not anymore. I know, like, we, right. we're all based in the U.S., and I, I know we have a few listeners that are, are not in the U.S., so obviously you, you might be like, well, what are you talking about? In our country, we treat our veterans great, and that's great. You should always treat your veterans well because they sacrifice a lot of themselves in service of the country, which should always be rewarded, and they should always be taken care of. Uh, but in America right now, we like to... Uh, hold up our troops when it's convenient to do so but when any action is required to you know take care of them we kind of like oh i don't know about that yeah back away from that Mm -hmm. yeah it's and it's been a it's been a back and forth history i think because i do y'all remember in history class the um oh that's what it was i was trying to figure out the name of it remember the bonus army i don't okay so the bonus army I believe, yep, so, uh, okay, so this this wasn't civil, I thought it was civil war, it's um, even sooner. So after World War I, um, there was a gigantic protest in 1932 in the capital 
which were which was primarily headed by veterans because they weren't getting their army bonuses. They were called the bonus army because they wanted to get paid for their service. Right. So it's it's not just a it, there's been ups and downs and it's a constant struggle in this country to try and well, between the people who want to actually compensate these people for their service and people who just want to give them a pat on the back and say good for you. I support their troops. I bought this bumper sticker, you see? I paid I paid this advertise this this uh marketing company for this bumper sticker for the troops who need money. Um so there's that. There's also the the characters. I know some other reviewers say like the characters in general kind of soulless, but the in particular the female lead, like Carmen. Yeah. yeah. She's just fucking just nothing behind those eyes. Just ice I cold. took a drink. Yeah whenever she stopped smiling because it was like three times throughout the movie she yeah. never these teeth never go away they never go away yep there's always a blanket blank expression on her on her face just, so uh gotta give a chills. shout out but to, johnny was madly in love to some of the uh the cameo well not necessarily cameos but like some of the actors i recognize some other things in the that show up in this movie briefly uh timothy omenson who plays carlton lassiter on psych has a brief role as the psychic which is ironic mm-hmm. given his relationship with the psychic on that show <laughs> that's who it was i saw him like i remember that guy from from where was um, that and of course neil patrick harris is probably the only one of the cast here that went on to have a uh big career after this um i would argue i mean i'd argue clancy brown he as already well. had a career um, coming he... into it that's oh, okay. that's where i, I uh, why i draw the distinction there before. like okay. neil patrick harris had been on dukey hauser but that's about it and he he went on to be more yeah, famous yeah, afterwards yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. but by this time clancy brown had already been lex luther in uh superman the animated series uh, he had already had quite a few other character roles earlier in his career. Um, I don't know how much stuff he's done. Um, let me see if I can find him. But he was um, he was Hank in Breaking Bad. Who's this? Um, uh, let me get him. Uh, Michael Ironside, of course, already had a good career going into yes. this, but he's a he's a legendary actor. Uh, Denise Richards, I guess, has gone on to do a fair amount of other stuff. Uh, but, like, nothing I uh, am too familiar with. Mm-hmm. Let me make these headshots bigger so I can... It's really, it's really tough when you watch older movies like this and you look at the headshots of their current IMDb things and you're, like, trying to de-age them in your mind <laughs> to be like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I also want to give out a a shout out to Jake Busey for uh, his his great performance as Ace Levy, reminding me so much of my cousin Rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jake. Yeah, he, he's there's some classic uh, characters in this that I that I really hold dear. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Dean Norris. Um, he was he played Hank in in uh, Breaking Bad, which is a pretty big role. Um, 
Which is then also Total Recall, Terminator, but mostly known yeah, for Breaking Bad. Yeah, he has a few uh, bit roles. He was he was the uh, commanding officer yeah. uh, who almost kicked out Rico. Yeah, gotcha. Gave him the last. Yeah, that was um, that was an interesting part of the movie. Is that like again um, plays into my kind of idea that insecurity is a big theme in the movie. Is that um, the public lashings are listed twice and. He was Rico was fine taking fucking ten lashes to the back for what happened, but the thing that made him want to quit was the public shame of it—that he was disrespected yeah. in public when he was trying so hard to get everyone's respect. Because that's his whole like kind of character for the first half is like everyone shits on him, yeah, and he's a little dweebo. When, also, when in reality he's fine. To- he he's a rich boy who lives a nice healthy life has a, who has has parents a handsome that love him. chin <laughs> right he's pretty he was gonna go to harvard his parents love him he's great well, but he has i don't know if he's gonna go to harvard he got a 35 in math <laughs> i think they were hoping he was gonna go to harvard that's true um, but yeah. shout out to all the uh the armor and the helmets yes. um and starship troopers that were used in yeah, uh Power Rangers, Power Rangers, Rangers, Lost Galaxy. And, uh, <laughs> sure those yeah this is this is a the alternate universe without oh, the Power Rangers, without the power of the Rangers to to be a moral guiding the force. The morphing grid did not uh, exist in this timeline. Therefore, we we devolved to fascism. <laughs> uh, trivia: Mark Wahlberg turned down the role for Johnny Rico. That's interesting. That, I think that I could. I kind of want to see. I Mark think Wahlberg that is. helped the movie, especially at this time. Mark, Mark Wahlberg. You can argue Mark Wahlberg still is not a great actor, but especially at this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I kind of. I that would be an interesting angle to take it because when I think of Mark, Mark Wahlberg, I think of like a Boston meathead. Yes. When Rico yeah. isn't, he's not a. He's dumb. He's very or neutral. He's like a, like he has right, a very he's... neutral accent, very neutral appearance. Uh, there's nothing to like distinguish him, which works for the character because he's kind of like your portal into this world. He's your Joe Everyman, and yeah, and he has to become jaded and fucking broken inside yeah. throughout the movie. If he started as it like his buddy, like his, one of the buddies in the in in his squad, could definitely be Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, like Just, um, I could see Jake Busey's character being Mark Wahlberg, but then you'd have to take Jake Busey out of the movie, and it'd be a worse movie for yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> you can't take Jake Busey out. <laughs> he was too good in it. Um, yeah, I really like the all the interactions between all the the soldiers. That you gave me the the good old fashioned like a uh, band of brothers kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of uh, like feel good moments. I mean, you, you definitely this movie went through a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I think I think the one thing it it benefited from was uh, its pacing. Uh, I, I always felt engaged, um, and they always kept the the story going. I don't know how deep of a story they. It had. was pretty shallow. I don't think it was that. Yeah. I don't really think it was that like compelling of a story. It's basically humans try to kill bugs. They fail once, and then they go back and get it again. They figure out how there's a brain it's bug. One I mean, it's one like, mission in this war. Everything was handed to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are there are uh, like five other I think there are oh four other Star Trek Trooper movies at this point, and that uh, I guess yeah, just there's... forget the premise entirely. And Casper Van Dien has uh, reprised his role in most of them. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think 
I need to look at what it was, but I think two, like they got different actors, and then three, a lot of them. They brought some of the original actors back, and uh, what's her what's her name? Biz and comes then, back in one of them, which uh, I was scratching oh. my head about how that works, but interesting. Yeah. I don't know how she does that. Well, apparently you can get stabbed and you see that's the thing. Like that's what I was talking about with like the uh, the in congruity in medical technology like uh rico is kia on the first mission and they just like build him a new fucking body but diz gets impaled twice and uh you know they they can do nothing for her right well we don't know maybe oh no she sent out to space yeah, they, never mind they shipped her out to space <laughs> forgot maybe well, maybe well i mean back. she does come back in the third movie or the fourth movie yeah. so some something <laughs> out there um, yeah, well, I mean, I guess we never really technically saw how bad Rico was injured, so maybe, like, it was... Yeah, know. but they've, well, sh- they've shown the capacity to be able the- to regenerate large amounts of, of, of body. Yeah. They, they rebuilt his leg pretty, uh, pretty fast. I feel like they could have could have healed uh, Diz and the, and the lieutenant, really. I, he just lost his legs. I feel like they could have uh, mm-hmm. made him more of a robo-man. <laughs> Yeah, but he doesn't. I guess he, I guess he didn't. I got from that is that he didn't want to be walking around even more of a cripple than he, than I, he was. Well, I thought kind of, because it was kind of hammered over you that uh, he'd rather be killed by someone else than be eaten by a bug. Right. Yeah, but they could. They at that point his legs were gone. They yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Probably could like have it, him it, up. Like, I, he, yeah. he was weak. He didn't have the will to live. <laughs> He yeah. wasn't he and it wasn't honorable. Yeah. He didn't, he's he's want to live forever. Um Yeah, I, there's a I greater also like theme how... at least well, I think that separates the two halves of the movie is that first battle cuz um there's a big theme of just wiping over tragedy like just fucking undercutting it. Like bad thing happens. Not no 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 no. There's some nah, interesting trivia for here for this movie. Uh for example, Neil Patrick Harris was often called Doogie Himmler. When he wore the military intelligence yeah. uniform, because it looks like That's an SS. So funny. <laughs> he did, but they all when they wore the trench coats, they looked like SS. That's the first thing I got. Uh, well, I'm sure that was intentional, given the. Uh, you think the, it was intentional? You don't think they just like were like, "Hey, fascist society, SS connection." I don't know, Jake. It, it, oh, no. you, never, you never, you know. never know. Uh, and apparently, Jake Busey suffered heat stroke during filming that halted production for a week and they had to cut Oof. huge holes in his uniform to to oh. keep him <laughs> to keep his searing flesh from fucking just igniting on set yeah keep him cool i'm looking at these the names of these sequels starship troopers 2 hero of the federation starship troopers 3 marauder yeah Oh. oh, this is cool. Um, so Michael Ironside, um, the, the the lieutenant or yeah. whatever, I think. The lieutenant yeah. slash teacher. Yeah, lieutenant slash teacher. Um, he read the book as uh, youth. And the ass director, the director grew up yeah. in Nazi-occupied Netherlands. And, uh, oh wait! You know, I guess the, the, wait, the director? Nazis, well, fascist yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, Verhoeven. Um, that makes sense. 
Yeah, Verhoeven grew up in Nazi-occupied Netherlands. Verhoeven told him why he made the Nazi movie. If I tell the world that a right-wing fascist way of doing things doesn't work, then no one will listen to me. So I'm going to make a perfect fascist world. Everyone is beautiful. Everyone is shiny. Everything has big guns and fancy ship. But it's only good for killing fucking <laughs> bugs. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's how I felt. Um, I do have a question. So, at the beginning, before before we're going to war, um, did they were they at like enemies of the bugs? Was that like an enemy thing? So they had found the bugs before, and I guess they they may have had set up quarantine zones um, because they had they were doing autopsies on them in science class, but they had never like, yeah. I guess been aggressed upon like the bugs had never okay. been aggressors towards them before and then the meteors uh landed which they could have intercepted honestly like the ship moved out yeah. of the way and uh, which i'm not so sure the meteors came from Clendathu, and it wasn't just well i mean because it's on the other side of the fucking galaxy and they don't seem to have light speed technology at all i think i, I think they can i think they can warp them there I think there was like like, yes, like, like quantum some thingy. fantasy stuff with like bug plasma that mm-hmm. could send meteors out into space because that's how they were like like um, going to different planets was that they would put their spore on on meteors and then go colonize other planets. I I guess I just like to imagine that uh, this is this whole fucking thing was just orchestrated by the government just to like here here here's a war. Everybody go to war. Don't don't think about I our. Mean, yeah, that's we can oust the current Sky Marshal. Get a new Sky Marshal in because I mean, he yeah, he that's... wronged the party in some way. That's why Bush did nine eleven. And so. we can we can kill some off some of our overpopulation <laughs> by sending human wave tactics at these bugs, knowing full well that they are just not effective at all. Uh, we can keep it going for as long as we want. We're in total control of this conflict, and uh, we can kind of you know prune back are the the human race into the mold that we want it to be here's an interesting uh trivia note uh paul verhoven admits that he never finished the novel he read through the first three chapters and became bored and depressed calling it a very right-wing book uh in empire (laughs) magazine he then told screenwriter edward newmeyer to tell him the rest (laughs) verhoven newmeyer then decided well both the novel and its author uh, Robert A. Heinlein strongly supported a leg- regime led by a military elite. They would turn the concept around and satirizing it, making the film a hyperbolic, contemporary American, a hyper a hyperbole of contemporary American politics and culture. So yes, it was intended to be satire, but some people didn't quite get that and saw it as a celebration of fascism. That's why when you go and read professional reviews of this movie, uh, they're very different some people had a a completely different take on it which is why you know i'm only half kidding when we do our imdb user reviews and i say you know don't put too much stock in in the real critics you gotta hear it from the people i'm only half kidding like you need to find uh critics and reviewers who are who show a tendency to be aligned with your personal way of thinking and then get your stuff from them because there are a lot of critics with a lot of different uh backgrounds and viewpoints and things that bother them and don't bother them 
Uh, and sometimes you have people like the New York Times giving this movie a terrible review, calling it a a uh, dumb shooty McBang Bang movie. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, let me. I think it was the New York Times review. I, you guys keep talking. I'll, I'll pull up the thing. It's fine. Yeah, we're just we just talk about some some moments. I don't know. Like, I guess I brought up that that sort of framing thing about whether the, we knew about the bugs first because um, that would be kind of interesting if we were at war with the bug. They were at war with the bugs at the beginning of the movie, but all the conflict is between people. Like, all their training sets them up as how to kill other people, which seems to yeah. me like using either the war they were just in when the world was unified by by a via violent uh, over you know coup. Um, or or something is like, here we're just uh, this is what we're really for. This is what the mobile infantry is really for is for uh, maintaining world order via just intense violence. Yeah, like most of these reviews here I'm reading uh, don't get the fact that this was a satire very well. Yeah, the user no reviews. no no the the professional critics. Or- like oh, even the the uh, wow. positive one here, the mo- the most positive one uh, that w- that's featured in the Metacritic reviews is an eighty three, and it's from Entertainment Weekly. The movie is sensationally exciting, but it's, uh, hey kids, let's put on a war storyline. Plays out like Beverly Hills nine one nine zero two one zero recast as a military recruitment film for the Third Reich. Uh, yeah, they didn't quite get that. Uh, but the the worst ones are the New York Times. Elvis Mitchell here. Pretty actors, grizzly critters, brains sucked out of skulls, buckets of green slime, and a plot that is half beach blanket bingo, half Iwo Jima. Just whoosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, R slash whoosh. Uh, and then Newsweek is even worse. They have a, there's a 30. An empty video game with a movie about interplanetary pest control. R slash whoosh. Jeez. God, I'm trying to. I was trying to see if there's any news of like, did he ever take a look back at it, and and say you know change his mind years down the line? But I don't see anything where he's where he's taking another look at it. Yeah, I'm I'm Um, sure it's it's not a movie that stuck with uh, many of these people. mm -hmm. Makes sense, and we have the benefit of the general understanding among. Uh, the viewership that they know they're playing the guys is a satire and of high so we could walk in so like, with that who knows if we yeah. went and watched this movie in 97 if we would you know in the moment have the same sort of takeaways that this is a, a satire of fascism whereas now watching in 2020 there have been you know the directors have talked about it and you know articles mm-hmm. have been written about it how it's this brilliant satire of fascism Speaking, yeah, because um, for for context, uh, the year before nineteen ninety seven was nineteen ninety six. And Kurt, what what big sci fi film came out in ninety six? Oh, let's see. It was this little movie. It starred Will Smith. It was called Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so <laughs> that movie was was just straight up fuck the aliens it's a uh, look at us america and therefore the world yeah it's a it's a great day for america and therefore the world um so when a similar movie comes out a year later except it's a 
like a low key like fucking shitting on everything that Independence Day was just doing straight up. Yeah. Um, the year before. Yeah, I can see how people would get confused. Yeah. It's uh, it just goes to show you context is important when you're evaluating a movie, and sometimes I'm sure there are, and I think there have been examples of movies we've reviewed on this show, uh, and the show isn't terribly old, but there no. are there are movies that we've reviewed on there that I kind of, for better or worse, sometimes I I feel I was too harsh on a movie, sometimes I feel I was too kind to a movie. I kind of mm-hmm. want my review back and to like you know rescore some of these movies we've done, but. <clears throat> That happens when, as you gain, as you have more experiences, your horizons expand, you look at things differently, and maybe you're like, hey, maybe I, maybe I wasn't quite fair in my assessment of, of this movie one way or the other. Also do a retrospective <laughs> on all the movies. Of- Just go over them all. Reviewed. One review, one, one episode. One <laughs> giant four-hour episode of re-reviewing every movie we've ever done. Oh god, that sounds terrible. Let's not do that. No, um, never. Yeah, so that's uh, Starship Troopers. It's a, uh, it's an entertaining movie that you can get as much or as little out of as you desire. Apparently. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's gonna right. wrap it up. We've got. Uh, we're not fighting bugs, but we've got our own space adventures that we're gonna be continuing tonight. On uh, Twitch TV backslash Aaron Studs, we're continuing our Mass Effect Three stream. Uh, we're, we're closing in on the end game. I think we have two main story missions before the return to Earth. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I think Priority Thessia and then Priority uh, Horizon, because I believe Sanctuary is on Horizon. Um. So we have those two missions, and then it's Return to Earth. So I don't know how far we're going to get tonight, but we'll get as far as we get, and uh, we'll make a determination about whether we're going to do a, a Sunday stream based on how far we get in our stream tonight. You can check out SaturnStuds.com for links to our Twitch channels, or as our YouTube channel, where stream archives are hosted, and we're working on developing original content for the YouTube channel. Uh, always. We haven't quite gotten to any of it yet, but we're always kicking around ideas, trying to... Trying to do stuff with that. We got our social media, uh, Twitter at Studs Saturn, Facebook.com backslash Saturn Studs. Uh, again, those will be those links are available to you on SaturnStuds.com. It's an easy to remember website. Has all you need to get all your Saturn Studs fix. So uh, until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace among worlds. Bye bye. Bye bye.